This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus' name. The Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Genesis chapter 45, and we're reaching the end of the chapter, and we're reaching really the end of the story as far as uh, Joseph revealing himself to his brothers. And at the end of this story, as we get to the end of it, there are some there's some symbolism and there's some relational issues that come about that I think are very important. And these uh, these issues and really this understand these understandings are throughout Scripture. You can see them happen over and over again. But as you study through Scripture, I want you to see them because they're the way God made the universe to function as His grace is poured out on on people. And understanding that God's grace is a powerful tool of change. We were talking last night as we were studying through the Book of Jude. We were talking about how that there. Many who've snuck in and they and they trade trade the grace of God for lewdness or lasciviousness is really the word that's used there. And really it's for sin. They say that God's grace makes a license for sin. That's not the case. God's grace, God's grace makes a way for change. It makes a way for life to be different, life to be whole, life to be right and changed so that we can experience all that God has for us and all that God is in his best. And the grace that you live in not only changes you, but it changes everybody else. It alters, it fundamentally alters the world and in every possible way, not only in the physical, but the spiritual, it it fundamentally changes the way we do life and the way we do the way we do the hope that God has for us. And so I would say to you that understanding that you functioning in God's grace, evidence of that should be a changed life. It should be altered life, altered view of the world, which alters the way you operate, which ultimately operates the outcome of your life. It should function as an altered life, but it also should function as an alteration to others' lives. It should change others' lives. And let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what station you have in life. It don't matter. It doesn't matter where you find yourself in in, in your totem pole, or whether you're on top or you're at the bottom of the, the barrel. It does not matter. God's grace at work in people's lives changes the world they live in. I can think of a lot of people. I can think of a lot of people who are severely limited, severely limited mentally. Maybe they have some kind of disability and they they cannot do what most people do, but God's grace is evident and powerful in their lives and they change the lives of other people. They alter the way other people see them. They, their lives make a huge difference. They're just, there's too many stories, too many people, an innumerable amount of people who find themselves in what we would consider as far as the world standards in lesser positions, and yet the grace of God is so powerful in them that they 
they light up, they change, they alter the universe that they're in, the places that they go, the people that they meet, they change them over and over again. And so the grace of God is not only a life-changing force within you, it's a life-changing force to the world around you. And so it cannot be a license to just keep on living like you used to live, considering that the grace of God is for the purpose of causing great change in you and thus great change in the world you live in. It says in verse 16, now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house. What report? The report that he found his brothers, that he revealed himself to his brothers, that there was a great reunion of the family. The grace of God was poured out in Joseph's house. It was poured out in Joseph's life. And you got to remember, Pharaoh owes Joseph a lot. Pharaoh's own kingdom is being increased mightily because of Joseph's work. His power, his strength, his wealth, his house is being made made super wealthy because of the work of Joseph. And not only his influence over the world and his power in, in world affairs as they could be in that day, they are, they, it's increasing greatly because of Joseph. Joseph is the greatest asset of Pharaoh. And that's why Joseph's second in charge of Pharaoh's kingdom. And the grace that, that Joseph has walked in the midst of a lot of disaster and a lot of change, a lot of change, that grace that he's walked in has been great for Pharaoh's life. It's been powerful. And so it, it says, so it pleased Pharaoh and his servants. Everybody was happy. Why? They were happy because, because Joseph now would be with his family. And they were happy for Joseph because Joseph's grace, the grace that Joseph walked in, had changed their lives also. There was great change that had gone on, great gifts of hope and great gifts of really just plain life, food. It says, and Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load up your animals and depart and go to the land of Canaan and bring your father and your household and come to me. Notice Joseph's going to send them to get the father, but Pharaoh says, y'all go get dad, go get him. We don't want him that up. We don't want him up there in Canaan starving. We don't want y'all to be without. We want y'all to be in. Notice you're welcome. He, he's welcoming them into eternal dwelling places. That's uh, what Jesus says. Store it for yourselves, eternal dwelling places. They have a place in Pharaoh's heart. And uh, Pharaoh says, man, go get your family. He says, I'll give you the best of the land of Egypt and you'll eat the fat of the land. Notice because of Joseph operating in the fullness of God's grace, because of that, Pharaoh's getting it all. Pharaoh's giving them all. And uh, not only is Pharaoh benefited from it, but now Joseph's family, even the brothers who treated him are benefiting from it. And you know what? Oftentimes in our lives, we are the benefit of those who do us wrong when we walk in God's grace. And you go, I don't want to do that. Don't worry. If you don't want to, you're not walking in God's grace and you won't. <laughs> a lot of times the gifts of God that people say, I don't believe in that. I always say, don't worry about it. You won't have to deal with that because if you don't trust God for it, you're not going to get it. I can say this. If you don't trust God for his grace and his power to be at work in your life, if you don't expect him, him to do the big things, let me tell you something. He's not. Don't worry about it. You can live your life without God all you want to. But that being said, when God's at work and when you're freely chasing after his grace, your will after his will, your purposes after his purposes, when you're doing that and you're doing it regularly and in a powerful expectation of God's goodness, when you're doing, let me tell you, you're going to change the world you live in. And you are going to be a blessing even to those who don't like you, don't love you, don't want to be around you. Wow. You mean that grace is that powerful? 
It sure is. It sure is. The grace of God is, well, it's able, able to overcome sin. How much more powerful can it be? I don't even really know any way to describe anything more powerful than that. It's overcome sin and death. If that's, if that's what the grace does, I'd like a whole heap and helping of it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Verse 19, he says, now you are commanded to do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt. He's going to give them transportation. They're getting new rides. He says, take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. Also, do not be concerned about your goods for the best of the, all of the land of Egypt is yours. What he's saying is don't worry about bringing your clothes and bringing your tents. You're going to have the very best. You're going to go from tents to houses. You're going to go from walking to or donkeys to chariots and carts. You're going to go from nasty, filthy, holy rags to the best and the finest of Egypt. Also, do not be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Don't worry about it. We're going to take care of you. Look, the grace of God ultimately brings about God's best. It is a powerful it's a powerful tool in the arsenal of a believer's life, but you can't walk in the grace of God except by faith. And listen to me, the grace of God is poured out in its full power. Now, it's poured out on you when you don't even know God, when you're separated from him, when you're cut off from him, and it atones and pays for your sin. Listen to me about this. There, There is the grace of God that does that for you, and you need to see that and understand it. But when you are a believer, when you're beginning to walk with God, when you're in the salvific process, when you're being saved, your life is being changed, and grace is alternate, grace turns from Grace turns from this thing that has atoned and paid for sin, this powerful tool God uses to make you whole. It changes from that to this powerful tool that glorifies the kingdom of God and makes God known in the world through who you are. And the way that's done, now remember, the way the first is done is God does it, God does it for you even though you don't deserve it. The second way it's done is when you walk in powerful obedience to God's revelatory will for your life. Now, that means, first of all, it has to come from his word. Second of all, you have to hear it and believe it. Third of all, you have to act upon it in faithful obedience to what God has told you. You have to take God's eternal truth and allow God to reveal how it applies for your daily walk, and you got to walk in it. And when you walk in it, the grace of God, that grace that atone and pay for your sin, that grace powerfully glorifies the kingdom of God. It makes the spiritual stand up and notice it is a bright shining light in the world and it changes the world. So your faithful obedience takes the grace that atone for sin and glorifies the might of God in your life. And, and, and the only way to do it is to hear God's revelation to you to be obedient to it, to hear it, to be obedient to it, to believe it, and to walk in it. Verse 21 says this, then the sons of Israel did so. Notice, they're doing, they're walking in that grace. It, no, we're not talking about Joseph. Joseph's proven he does it. Now his brothers are doing it. Then the sons of Israel did, and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh. And he gave them provisions for the journey. And he didn't have to put a cup in any of them's bag. And he gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. Notice, they didn't have just one set of clothes. They had multiple sets of clothes. 
But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. Notice he's, he, the grace is flowing more to the ones that are closer. And that's true. That's a truth that always works out. You need to know that. You say, I want my family to benefit the most. Don't worry, they will. Don't worry, they will. They're the closest to the grace where the grace is flowing from. If you're walking in obedience, they're the closest to it. And they're the ones that are going to benefit the most. You're going to be the most changed, and they're the ones who are going to be the most benefited. He said, but to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garment. And he sent to his father these things, 10 donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with the grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. 10 is the number of the law. It is the number of God's, God's divine will, God's divine character in the world. It's a, it's a complete number. It's one of those numbers that is very important. And notice he, he sends silver. He sends garments. Silver is the price paid for sin, the blood price. It's the price for grace. Okay, and that's Jesus's own blood, the atoning sacrifice. You got silver, then you got new garments. Remember, garments are coverings of sin. So they've got not the old covering, but the new covering, which is a picture of the new covenant. Okay, whether you like it or not, it is. It's right there in scripture. He says, and he sent to his father these 10 donkeys. Notice, donkeys come up all the time. Donkeys come up all the time. He says, 10 donkeys loaded with the good things of Egypt. Remember, God gives you the desires of your heart in the world. He gives, He look, he doesn't make this world just so terrible that we can't stand to be in it any longer. We do get to walk in the goodness of God in this world. We do get to. It may not happen all the time. It may be a struggle, but there are days and hours and times where you get to see the goodness of God, and we see that happening in the world, he says, and he gave him 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. Those are pictures of those are pictures of fellowship offerings. They're for fellowship. They're for relationship. They're gifts that are given such that you can prove that Pharaoh wants to have relationship with them. So he sent his brothers away, and they departed and said to them, see that you do not become troubled along the way. What they're saying is, don't get worried about what's going to happen. Don't let the enemy step in and trouble you while you're walking in the grace of God. And that's a, that's such a very important truth that we see here. It's a powerful truth. Oftentimes when God steps in and he starts working in your life and the good of his hand at work, you begin to get troubled by things that that really you're not in, in charge of, that you're not in control over. You can't control things. So many times when we feel the grace of God, we want to control it so that it happens the way we want it to happen all the time. And you can't control how the grace of God's going to flow from you and change the world. Remember, you didn't control it coming to you. It was given to you far before you even knew that you needed it. And so when it goes out from you, when the grace of God goes out to you, from you to those around you, it's going to change the world in ways that you cannot control. And it's not your business to control it. It's not your business to be troubled about how to control it. You can't do that. The spirit of control so many times ends the work of God in people's lives because they want to, by their own will, take back control of things. You cannot take back control of the will of God when it goes out. Listen to me. You can't do that. You've just got to be faithfully obedient to the things that come your way as you're walking in that will that God has revealed to you. He said, don't be troubled along your journey. 
Don't allow things to don't allow things to alarm you or trouble you when you're walking in obedience to God and seeing God's hand at work in your life. Do not do that. And uh, that's easier said than done. I know that. Okay, but it is a powerful understanding that there are going to be troubles along the way. Don't let them trouble you. There are going to be difficulties on the way. Don't let them stymie you and stop you from doing what you're supposed to be doing. There's going to be troubles along the way. Don't let that become the focus of your life. Continually be focused on the faithful obedience that you have walked in before and continue on forward. Continue to push forward in what God's doing. And it says, and they told him saying, Joseph is still, notice, then they went out up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan to Jacob, their father. And they told him saying, Joseph is still alive and he's governor over all the land of Egypt. What a great story for a dad to hear, right? Uh, he's governor of all the land of Egypt. And he says, and Jacob's heart stood still because he did not believe them. What a powerful message. It's a, it's a, it's one of those messages that fundamentally alters a person's life. And it does that for Jacob too. But when they told him all the words, which Joseph had said to them, and when he saw the carts with Joseph, which Joseph had sent to carry him, the spirit of Jacob, their father revived. Notice your work brings life. It does. And uh, your, when I say your work, what I mean, your faithful obedience to God's revealed will for you. It brings life to others and it brings life and hope to those around you. It brings great joy to your family and it brings great joy to your parents and your grandparents. And it brings great joy to your mentors, those that have been a part of your life helping you along. It's good to see people walk in faithful obedience to God and see God's blessing and God's grace have great influence over their lives and the lives of the people around them. I can say this in many ways. Uh, those that I've been able to disciple and to help and to push along, grow and become, and it brings great joy to your heart that you see the grace of God that was in you and then that was in them and now is in the world around them and making a difference all around their lives and all around you also. And that great hope, that great life, that great purpose flows. And when the momentum gets there, the momentum just is unstoppable. And why wouldn't you want that? Happens for Joseph. And then it says, then Israel. Now notice it's not Jacob. It's not thief and liar, but Israel, the man of promise said, it is enough. Joseph, my son is still alive and I will go see him before I die. Wow. What an what a end to the story of Joseph's revelation of what God has been doing in his life to his family. Now, there's going to be a lot else going on. It's, it's a continual celebration throughout the rest of the book of Genesis, most of it. And good things to understand and to see as we see how God works his grace out in people's lives. And the study, you say, I've heard it all. No, you haven't. You need to see how when God's grace is being poured out, on a group of people, their reaction and what God has to say and how he moves, because hopefully you're going to be walking in that grace. Hopefully you're going to be living that grace out in your each and every day. Hopefully you're going to be seeing something similar to this going on around you. And if that's the case, then you need to know how God moves and what he does and what the purposes are <clears throat> and how you ought to react to that. And uh, so we need to spend at least uh, 46, 47, 48, 49, and 50, the last five chapters, we need to spend 
some time seeing how all that carries out in God's plan and God's will so that we as a people, because I can tell you God's beginning to do that for us as a group of people, as a believers. God's beginning to do what we see happening here. He's beginning to reward our faithful obedience to his grace and making moves in the world around us because there are a group of people who are willing to walk by that grace. Because that's going on in our lives, we need to know and see how God does it. And over the next several weeks, we're going to deal with those five chapters and see how God moves powerfully among a people who are willing to walk in obedience to him. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you, and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.